wherever you're at in your journey, hopefully there's something in this for you. I believe there is. Katie and I had a word for this year for 2020, and if I could take it back, I would take it back. Uh, it is the word yes come. And uh, it comes out of this story uh, in the scriptures. It's in Matthew 14. And it says in verse 22, immediately after this, this being the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he called over the waters. He said, take courage, for I am here. Then Peter, and I love this, and I really, this whole message is going to be about the spirit of Peter in the story. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the waters, walking on the water. Yes, Come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat. He walked on the water towards Jesus. And then when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out. He grabbed him. You have such little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him, saying, You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. We just really felt like the word for, for our church, the word for curate, the word for people that would listen to us throughout the year was this word, yes, come. And it's such an important word. It's, a, it's an invitation from Jesus into the future that might seem impossible to us now, but it's to walk in faith into what seems impossible and to walk towards Jesus in the process of it. And so I don't know about you, but my year has been a yes come year. And I'm sure for the people watching here and you listening in at home, gathered and curated at homes, wherever you are, we've sort of all been forced into this yes come year, whether we like it or not, to have to walk where we haven't walked before in ways that we haven't before, to trust in ways we haven't before, whether it's losing jobs and getting jobs back or getting new jobs, whether it's having a reorganized business, whether it's just having a reorganized life, whether it's dealing with like just crazy uncertainty and the way that's affected us internally and having to trust God in the midst of those things in ways we're not used to. I could say we've all probably had to live a yes come sort of year so far. But I, I wanted to propose what if the greatest things of the faith journey of this year are actually still in front of us? What if they're not behind us? What if the things God is calling us to, the year's not over yet, what if they're still in our future? Man, it's been a crazy yes come year for Katie and I and for our church. Uh, I get overwhelmed when I just think of all of the big changes and all of the big transitions we've walked through so far. Uh, I don't even know really where to begin, but here's a, a few of a list of the different things that have been yes come things this year. Uh, we decided to merge our Tauranga and our Mount locations. To merge a location we spent a lot of time and finances uh, launching and people were sewn into over the years. We decided because we felt like God was calling us to do it, to merge it for the strength 
of what we were doing as a church in the Bay of Plenty, but also to allow a dream to be birthed of having a midweek community center and being able to turn one of our buildings that was used for Sunday church to turn it into effectively Monday through Saturday church, serving the most in need in our community. It's a yes come thing, a a big risk changing the way that we use team and assets and all of those sorts of things. I mean, COVID as a whole as a church has been a big yes come journey from the different levels of lockdown to the different, uh, I guess, like decisions that have been made along the way to trusting that things are going to be held together, that the finances are going to be there, that people are going to do well. All of those things you process through as a pastor, it's been a big year. Like deciding to become an online church in a a few days uh, in that initial announcement, that's like a big yes come moment and using it to actually reach to our whole new online audience that we've continued since then. We've done a, a transition in our Fakatani location. We've transitioned location pastors there this year. A big shift for our Fakatani community. We've expanded to five gatherings when we're doing physical gatherings in the Mount. We've tried to launch Auckland and there's awesome crew of Auckland people. And if you're from Auckland watching this, you can put something in the chat right now. We'd love to hear from you. But it's like that we've been delaying the launch, but it's been building nonetheless in the background anyway. We've organized our whole leadership team. We've expanded our board. There really isn't an area of church life that hasn't been reinvented this year in our yes come year. So next time I will be a lot more reserved about pronouncing what I feel like God has put on our hearts now that I know. You know, ignorance is bliss, they say, but knowledge is power. And so knowing, um, but I know that God could have, there's no way he could have revealed those things. You know, it would have been too hard to comprehend if he revealed them all at once. But as we go through the step-by-step journey towards Jesus, it's a faith journey. And I think it's the faith journey that God is inviting us all into. We don't have to know where it ends up. We don't have to know that there's 20 things that are going to dramatically change in our life over the next year. We just need to know that he's calling us towards him and take one step of faith at a time. I I really like Peter got to step out of a boat because he wanted to be close to Jesus maybe, or I don't know why he wanted. I guess that's a question we need to answer, but I felt like this year wasn't so much of stepping out of a boat as it much was a boat sinking around us and us having to learn to walk on water regardless. Maybe that's the way you feel in your life. If you do, you probably find good company with Peter in this story. You know, there's, the crazy thing is, is through all of the walking on water this year, so to speak, there's been more fruit than ever. There's been more fruit than ever. We've seen, we've been able to help more people in need this year than ever before through thousands and thousands of meals and care packages and love and support. We've been able to care for people better than ever before that have gone through loss and grievances and tough times and marriage struggles and loss of jobs and all of those sorts of things. We've actually seen more people saved this year than invite Jesus. And I know many people watching this, that is the case for you. That's your story this year. We've actually raised up more leaders. We've been able to support more people. And so I just look at this is what happens when we live a life of faith. That it's like you take a step back and you're like, man, it's crazy what God's doing with our lives. But you also look at it and be like, he's doing more as I trust him more. He's able to move more in my life. And so I've wondered quite often in the story, why would Peter ask Jesus if he too can walk on water? Like, what's his motivation? 
I don't know if you thought about this, 12 people in the boat and only one of them thought, I want to go walk on water if Jesus is doing that. And it got me thinking about like, yes, Peter in some ways represents the spirit of discipleship, but why, why did he want to walk on the water? The boat wasn't sinking. I mean, like the storm was bad. They've been working hard, but the boat wasn't sinking. He was safe in the boat. Uh, Jesus was coming towards him. So in some ways, like if he just waited a moment longer, if he really wanted to be close to Jesus, that was going to happen anyway. Uh, it, it sort of got me wondering what would make him want to leave the boat? Did he, was he afraid of it sinking? Did he just want to be close to Jesus? Did he just want to do whatever Jesus was doing? That was sort of like Peter's attitude. Maybe he really took what Jesus said literally about, you know, you're going to do greater things than I've done. Whatever you've seen me do, you too will do and greater things. I, I really think if we look at the whole story of Peter's life and all of the moments he turns up in, in the scriptures, I really would like to propose that the reason Peter wanted to walk out there on the water with Jesus was because he always wanted his faith to look like something. He always wanted his faith to look like something, whether it was defending Jesus as he's getting arrested, whether it was jumping like out of the boat to, to see the resurrected Lord, whether it was running to the tomb to see if the story was true that he had been resurrected. Peter was the active disciple. He was active in his faith. And I think what motivated him to jump out of that boat was that he always wanted his faith to be real. He didn't want it to just reside to this idea of beliefs that he held or things that he subscribed to or a church that he attended or something that he believed when he was a child. Faith to him was supposed to be something real. It was supposed to be something that could be seen. He wanted his faith to look like something. And I think in all of us is that same urge, that same yearning, that same deep down desire that we want our faith to look like something, that it's got to be more believing in Jesus, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus has to be more than a label, but it has to look like something in our lives. That I think we have this desire that we know that we're, we're so tempted to want to hold on to our boats. We're so tempted to, it doesn't even matter how bad the storm is and how useless the boat is. And even if we're making progress, I know that we, we find ourselves in the safety and the comfort of boats. And, and in some ways, we find ourselves in this tension between wanting to cling to the boats because they're what we know. And we know they float. And we know they're imperfect, but at least we know them. We live in that tension between that and this desire inside of us that goes, well, if Jesus can walk on water and he said, I can too, bid me to come to you. And, and to live this faith adventure where our faith looks like something. I want Curate Church, I want your life, I want my life to have the spirit of Peter, not the spirit of the other 11, that are happy to watch faith things happening around them. We're happy to watch other people do it. I want us to all have the spirit that my faith needs to look like something. My faith needs to look like something. I think it's like James writes, as Jesus' brother, and he writes in the book of James, you know, faith without deeds is dead. It's like faith isn't works. They're, they're, Jesus is very clear and the gospels are very clear about how the good news of Jesus means that we are saved by our faith, not by our works. We're saved by God's works and us trusting in them is what that means. However, 
faith always looks like something. Faith isn't a work, but faith manifests itself in works in our lives. And that's what James is sort of talking about. If you say you have faith, feed the poor, take care of the hungry, like like put your faith into action because I want to be able to see your faith uh, is what James, Jesus' brother, would write. And I think that's what Peter is a fantastic example for us. Uh, in our lives. Like, I think we demand that from the people around us, don't we? We demand real from our lives. That we don't do well then when what we say we believe and what we say is important isn't reflected in our lives. We certainly, I mean, we're in like political season. We certainly don't like it from our politicians. You know, when, when they say one thing and then they do it, like, we want real. We want what they say matters to line up with the decisions that they make. We want it from our leaders. Gosh, we want it from our parents and our friends, but we need to demand it from ourselves that we would live with that same level of authenticity. If Jesus is the savior of our soul, if Jesus is our one and only hope, that that would somehow manifest in the way we live lives, that would live in contrast to the way around us. How does that look? It, it means living with peace and uncertainty. That's what faith looks like in seasons. It means living with hope against all odds. It means living like something could change, even though in all of the physical situations around our lives, it looks like nothing's going to change. It's living in faith and hope and belief in those times. It's, it's living, being willing to forgive um, when we've been wronged. It's living ready to help somebody in need, even though they can't ever do anything to help us in return. It's living to do something nice for someone else, not expecting something in return. It's serving the people around us. It's being generous. It's choosing moral excellence when nobody's watching. It's taking the high road, not sure if it will work out when there might be an easier way. It's all, these are the ways that we put faith into practice. These are the ways that faith looks like something in our lives. I think we need to remember from the story that faith steps in our lives, this adventure of faith. Um, sometimes what God says in one season is not what he's saying in the next season. In the story, Jesus said, hop in the boat. And then when night fell and they've been struggling for a while, it's the same Jesus that actually called Peter out of the boat. And I want to encourage us, if we, if we want our faith to look like something, we actually need to be people who are listening to what God's saying to us now. God doesn't change his mind, but he does unravel his plan. And that means that what he said yesterday might not be what he's calling us to today. That he might be calling you to a new faith adventure. I really believe what I said at the start there. Some of the greatest yes come invitations from Jesus lie in this later part of the year. And so we've got to remember that what he says in one season is not necessarily what he's saying in another. Keep listening to the voice of God in your life. I want to also remind us that these faith steps, that the opposite of faith is most often not doubt, but it's control. The boat was a small pseudo realm of control within a sea of uncertainty that they were struggling in and not making practice. And so no wonder 11 people would cling to that pseudo realm of control. And through this whole season, our little imaginary realms of control that we thought we could control, we just realized we don't have as much control as we thought we did. And you know what? Sometimes God forces us in some ways to live by faith because the boats around us sink, but it shouldn't be that way for us. It shouldn't have to take a storm to leave a boat. 
It shouldn't have to take a sinking boat that no longer works for us, for us to finally trust God with everything in our lives. That we can actually choose to voluntarily step out of the things we can control and trust the one who is in control of everything. He's been faithful up to this point in your life. He will continue as he has started. I can also say this, that faith steps are normally called for at inconvenient times. It would be nice if faith steps were called for on nice days when you have lots of energy, when the sea is flat, and that's when God says, come walk on water. You know, when you feel confident if you sink, you could find help. Where you feel confident if you could sink, you could see the shore and swim your way back. But it's often that the faith steps are always called for at the most inconvenient times. People might think, oh, this is the time to consolidate. It's the time to control what you can control. It's the time to just to sort of like hold steady. But what if the voice of God is actually calling you to your greatest risk at the greatest time of uncertainty in your life? To take faith steps, you've got to let go of those boats in your life. What are you trusting in that is stopping you from trusting in Jesus fully? Sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's the size of our bank account. Sometimes it's the job that we know is safe, but is not what God's ultimately called us to do. Sometimes it's all different sorts of things in our life, but we need to release these things. And here's the thing. The first step is always a step of surrender. Can you imagine Peter's first step out of this boat? That first step was a step of surrendering to Jesus' words as he let go of the boat and wasn't sure of whether or not the water would hold him up. What an incredible step to make. That's really where faith takes place is when we actually let go and we surrender to Jesus. And of course, we learn from Peter, he started so well, he had his eyes fixed on Jesus. But he took his eyes off Jesus after a while. So taking faith steps is just about keeping our eyes on Jesus. I want to share this prayer that I came across recently, which I think sums up what I'm hoping happens in our church in our lives, in our hearts over this season. It's by Todd Lotter. It says, Oh God, let something happen to me. Something more than interesting or entertaining or thoughtful. Oh God, let something essential happen to me. Something awesome. Something real. Speak to my condition, Lord. And change the, the somewhere inside of me where it matters. Change that will burn and tremble and heal and explode me into, uh, explode me into fear or laughter or love that throbs or screams or keeps a terrible cleansing silence and dares the dangerous deeds. For let something happen in me which is my real self, O oh God. Come on, we want something real. Something real. Faith's got to look like something in our lives. And in this season, as a church, it's so important that we step up and that faith looks like something in our lives. That our habits and our choices and our convictions and our condition and our disposition shines bright to the world around us. Because faith needs to look like something because there's people that need to look at our faith. There's people that need to look at our faith. The Lord loves to look at your faith. I don't know if you know that. 
Mark 2 verse 5, it says, is about like the friends descending the man who needed healing. He was paralyzed in front of Jesus through the roof. And it says when Jesus saw their faith. So when our faith looks like something, Jesus can see our faith. Can see our faith. The Lord wants to see your faith in this season. I think your brothers and sisters in Christ around you want to see your faith. I love what Paul would write in Romans 1 chapter 11 he says i long to see uh, chapter 1 verse what, uh, 11 sorry i long to see you that i may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong that is that you and i may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith our faith needs to be seen by one another so it might build and strengthen our faith or in first peter 3 we need to remember that the world and the people around us need to see our faith always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. And do this with gentleness and respect. Our faith needs to look like something so that people can look upon our faith. In Isaiah 54 verse 2, it says this, Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're gonna take over whole nations. You're gonna resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not gonna come up short. Church, we are stretching and we are expanding and we are determined to continue to go forward despite whatever the world throws us at the moment. We're gonna keep gathering. We're gonna keep believing. We're gonna keep seeing people saved. We're gonna keep planning for the future. We're gonna keep investing in young people. We're gonna keep growing Curate College. We're gonna keep building everything that God has asked us to build and we will not be taking a step back because faith's gotta look like something. It's easy to go forward when it's downhill and downwind. But faith doesn't always allow us to only go forward at those times. Sometimes faith calls us forward in the middle of the night, in the midst of a storm, when everything is inconvenient. Because Jesus is calling us at that time. And I think Jesus is calling us at that time. Yes, come. Come.